0: Man, is that the Rock News Weekly podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is Rock News Weekly. Every week, we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news. This week's new releases, this week in music history, trivia, movie, pop culture, and more. Follow us on all social media platforms at Rock News Weekly for our quick one-minute weekly update videos. And please give the episode a five-star rating if you enjoy the episode. Now on to this week's episode. It's time for the Rock News Weekly Podcast. This week of June 21st, 2021, Season 3, Episode 24, Chris here with Charles inside the garage. What's going on, man? What's in the bunker, Chris? Not much. I don't know. Uh, Maybe some food rations, an old war shell, a a (laughs) a warhead shell, maybe. Um,
1: I was uh, supposed to say who's in the bunker because I saw Radiohead Kid A on our (laughs) news thing. Powdered milk. Powdered milk. Um, powdered toast? Powdered toast, man. Powdered toast. Powdered toast. <laughs> powdered toast, man. Uh, good stuff. Sorry, right. I just woke up everybody in All the right. neighborhood.
0: All right, let's get to this week's Rock Topics. Uh, a big headline here uh, Soundgarden has finally reached an agreement with Chris Cornell's widow. What? We'll be talking about that. Anthrax announces a 40th anniversary celebration with a global live stream event. An original drawing by Kurt Cobain sells for over $280,000. Oh, wow. Radiohead is auctioning off a test pressing of Kid A for charity. Metallica announces a small run of European tour dates. A painting bought at a thrift store turns out to be a David Bowie original worth thousands. It's pretty cool. Uh, Plus, this week in Music History Trivia Weekly, WTF, and so much more. All of our links are up at rocknewsweekly.com. Give us a like and a follow. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Rock Weekly. Uh, Some new albums out this past Friday on June eighteenth from Miyake Blanco, Minder, Max Bloom, Kings of Convenience, and Her. H E R.
1: Have you ever Have you ever uh, seen her play guitar? I haven't, but I've oh.
0: heard good things. Uh, people have been talking about. Her.
1: Dude, she it's crazy. She's like a virtuoso, yeah, like the okay. the guitar and the piano. Like she's she jams, man. That's what, she's what I've like heard. Like
0: what I've heard. So I'm kind of interested. So her new album out, uh, Back of My Mind. So check that one out. And coming out this Friday is a bunch more albums on June 25th. We got new ones from Doja Cat, Gaspard Aug, Hiatus. I don't know how to say that one. Uh, Hiatus Coyote.
1: Hiatus Coyote. Uh,
0: His Golden Messenger, Island, John Grant. John Johnny Dynamite and the Bloodsuckers.
1: Ooh, That's I a like great that. Name. <laughs> That's a great yeah. band name. <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh,
0: Lightman, Jarvis, Ecstatic Band, Lightning Bug, Lucy Dawkins, Matthew Deer, Modest Mouse Modest has a new Mouse? album out. Cool. Called the Golden Casket coming out this Friday. Nice. Spelling, Squirrel Flower, T. Hardy Mortis, The Mountain Goats, and Tyler the Creator. Oh, okay.
1: All, All right. new albums out on June 25th this week. Oh, a lot of people that are actually going on tour. Tyler the Creator is going to be headlining in right. a lot of a lot of tours. Uh, yeah, Modest States. Mouse is on tour oh, as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah, going to be. Right. They're on a couple
0: festivals, so yeah. they got a new album out. Perfect timing for that. Dope. Uh, check this out. Anthrax fans, a global streaming event celebrating 40 years. Uh, pretty cool artwork there of all their albums and stuff. Anthrax, it's called, uh, what, what are they calling it? Uh, it's the 40th anniversary celebration, I guess. And, and <sighs> what it is, it's just Friday, July 16th, a huge live stream, wow. 4 p.m. Pacific, tickets and bundles on sale now anthraxlive.com I think they're going to be doing like a QA, and a a live performance and they have some uh, pretty cool like I think you can do like uh, an upgrade to ask m- band members questions and stuff like huh. that so if you guys are interested in checking that out we will have some tickets to give away for this on the bear uh, for the live stream so if you guys want to check that out cool make sure you tune in 1057 the bear we're going to start giving away those
1: tickets anthraxlive.com for more info on that on the poster of it, they look—they've got what almost looks like that creepy old dude from Poltergeist. I think that's actually a coke-fueled David Crosby. Oh, without the mustache—he doesn't <laughs> have the mustache. <laughs> yeah, he, that, that was before the mustache. Well, he, you, know. D- you know, you know, you know—that's a funny story, And audience. I'm gonna divert a little bit. I'm—I'm I'm gonna digress, if you will, um, just slightly. So, you know, the the creepy old guy from Poltergeist. Right. That is David Crosby, just during a p- particular bender. Wow. And, yeah. and He's they almost unrecognizable. <laughs> it's almost unrecognizable. His mustache, actually, it wasn't shaven off. It fell off. Right. Because I, of the amount of... He was actually taking a... a I thought the poltergeist in- took it. Well, no, no, it wasn't. He was injecting just pure pesticide into his veins <laughs> oh, because wow. he was yeah, out of do it. His Columbia gold. Yeah, right. so yeah, that'll do it. It was just during the production of that movie, and then it was during the movie, just one day, just in one single day, he plumped up, and the mustache just, <laughs> boop, just, just popped, popped right out. back on. Yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah. Great story.
0: Um, all right, Metallica rolling out some summer 2022 European tour dates. So mm. coming out next year, guys, in Copenhagen, mm. Florence, Italy, Czech Republic, Belgium, Spain, and Portugal uh, in July and June. So mm. uh, heads up, guys, that's happening. Uh, the ones, the only Metallica tour dates for the U.S. and for 2021 are going to be at a couple festivals. Uh, the Danny Wimmer presents ones that we get. Uh, we get the aftershock one October 10th in Sacramento then there's September 24th and 26th louder than life in Ken- Kentucky and then November 12th at Dayton Beach Dayton Beach
1: Florida welcome to Rockville so mm. that's November 12th so they okay. issued a statement and everything yep Rah. Rah. Europe your ah. a statement ah.
0: oh it says the it says we cannot wait to see all of you once again ah. <laughs> my European <laughs> Talica family ah. <laughs> yeah yeah Right. so there
1: you go. Good morning. God damn it, why does this stupid thing do this? With like this fucking letter. He's talking about the, the the small person that's sitting in the corner of this studio. God, <laughs> why stupid a, tablet, stupid man? person.
0: I hate this tablet. Do this. All right, look at this. Scumdog's 30th anniversary tour with Guar. Ooh. I hate God. napalm death, and mad ball. Oh. That's going to be a heavy, heavy show. Um, bring your white shirts. Yeah, bring uh, bring some plastic for the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're going to need it. Uh, they're going to be at the Regency Ballroom in San Francisco, which is pretty cool. That's a very cool, uh, intimate venue. They're also going to be at Santa Ana, the Observatory, Ventura, yeah. Los Angeles, and a bunch of places all over the U.S. So mm-hmm.
1: SF, yeah. Check that out. Cool. Look at the big old lineup for Hellfest Ooh. in France. <gasps> oh, you guys got to look up Hellfest. It, oh, it's pretty Look big. at that.
0: Scorpions, Nine Inch Nails, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Faith No More, Venge Sevenfold, Dropkick Murphys, Megadeth, Korn, Whitesnake. Um, wow. I mean, it, the list goes on and on. D- Deep Purple, Judas Priest, um, so Alice cool. Cooper, Nightwish, Sabaton, uh, big, big, huge festival in France next year. Wow. Hellfest uh, 2022 just announced their lineup. So Epic lineup. Epic. Um, Epic. 21 Pilots announcing a big tour. This is kind of a unique one, so... Here's what they're doing. They're going to be performing multiple nights in big cities like Denver, L.A., Chicago, Boston, Columbus, Atlanta, London, scaling in each market from rare and intimate club performances to full-on arena shows. So if you notice, in L.A., they're playing really cool small venues like the Troubadour and the Mm. Wiltern, but then they're playing the big ones like the Greek Theater and the Forum. So they give you a choice, uh, uh, your your dates there, and I'm sure all of them are going to sell out. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, You can actually... Uh, try and reserve them right now on ticketmaster or whatever 21pilots.com uh, but if you guys want to get in it I get in it now because they they're, they're going to definitely sell out it's going to be a big show Mexico City has not been announced yet but apparently it's coming
1: soon you know 21pilots the, the drummer does something cool I don't know if you guys have seen this audience but uh, check it out so during live performances the drummer has this little drum kit put out on a platform and then it'll go out to the audience and then the audience holds him up and moves him around the audience while he drives it's pretty pretty impressive it's pretty
0: crazy um all right check this out rock news here big headline. soundgarden finally reaching the agreement with chris cornell's widow so this is a first step apparently it's not anything final but uh the members of soundgarden have now reached an agreement with vicky cornell regarding who controls the band's social media accounts including Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Oh, that's the, huge. The band posted a statement to social media, which reads, quote, Soundgarden and Vicky Cornell, the personal rep of the estate of Christopher Cornell, are pleased to announce that effective June 15th, 2021, they have come to a temporary agreement that will transfer the Soundgarden social media accounts and website to the band's remaining members, Kim Thio, Matt Cameron, and Ben Shepard, and their managers, Red Light Management. Okay. This includes Soundgarden's website, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Wow, that was a war. and That was a battle. This one went on to say the agreement marks a productive first step towards healing and open dialogue with the party's wish for social media accounts to celebrate the band's accomplishments and music while continuing to honor Chris's legacy.
1: Okay, all right, cool. So what do you think of that? I mean, that's, that is a huge step, right? Oh, it's huge. I mean, considering the fact that it was like every week we were talking about the battle between the band and Vicky Cornell, it was like... It was like you you were going, here we are again. Every week. uh, Yeah, every week. So hopefully that, you know, although it gives us something to talk about. I know. Well, (laughs) now they can hopefully work together and do something productive, you know,
0: with those websites and social medias and and instead of being at odds with each other. So, yeah, good. Good there. So check this out. Here's the drawing. Here's a picture of it. Kurt Cobain drawing sold for two hundred and eighty one thousand dollars. Wow. It's a picture of Kurt. He drew it himself. And it, it's the, it, it depicts him playing a guitar, and it's signed, Kurt Cobain Rockstar. It also features the handwritten caption, I don't know how to play,
1: and I don't give a hoot. It's sold for 28 times, the original estimate. I Okay, so you know what? When you first said that, that there was going to be a drawing, I, I figured... You know, that it was going to be like the drawing of like a cat's butthole or something on a napkin. And it, and it really, audience, as I'm looking at this picture, I'm not too far off. It, it really is. It like, looks like a child's drawing. Yeah, it looks like a child's drawing. And uh, it's, But I mean, hey, know. I guess, you know, he
0: drew it himself. He signed it. There's evidence of all of it. So it has that value, which is pretty crazy to me. Yeah. But, uh, you know, somebody, somebody got why, it. Why did he spell his own name wrong? I don't uh, know. I don't get it. I don't know. He, he spelled it K U R D T. That's weird. And then Cobain with a K as well. Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Um, anyway, so check it out. Uh, he, there was another part of this auction, his DoD grunge pedal that he used in oh. 1993 sold for $16,000. Whoa, whoa. part of this
1: Julian's auction. Whoa. That, I would think, would sell for, for a quarter million dollars. Not the drawing, but that right there. Yeah. That would be a quarter His. his grunge pedal his effects pedal
0: the pedal was used during Nirvana's show at San Diego Sports Arena in San Diego on December 29th 1993 during which Cobain threw the pedal off stage and joke excuse me that was my grunge pedal you can view the incident around the video below okay that was a link where you could actually see a fan uh, recorded the show and you could see where he throws the pedal off stage and he says that into the crowd and whoever, somebody must have picked up that pedal on the side of the stage, like oh, a yeah. Tech or whoever, and fucking took that. It was like, Kurt Cobain's pedal, man. And yeah, he's held onto it for this entire time.
1: Only sixteen grand. Yeah, that you, is you're so right. Weird.
0: You would think that would be a little bit more, right? Yeah. Maybe it doesn't work. I don't know. It's, I mean, epi- it's epic, though. It's still I mean, pretty it's... awesome. Yeah. Um, all right, so check that out. Uh, this is speaking of epic stuff. A painting bought for $4.09 at a thrift shop identified as a David Bowie original. It was bought at South River, Ontario at a thrift store. It was uh, discovered to have been painted by David Bowie. I know that says 1977, but it was actually 1997. Okay. Uh, The painting is now up for auction. The auction house says the painting... Titled D Head XLVI, is part of a series the singer created between 1994 and 1997. Huh. The, the painting is being sold as part of Cowley's Abbotts International Art Online auction. And is expected to fetch a high bid of nine to twelve thousand dollars.
1: Well, I don't get it though. Like, how do you like? I how do people figure out that a painting they bought from a thrift store is a date? Like, how do they know. make that connection? They must take it to like one of the like a um an art. Appraiser, yeah,
0: and then they must have the knowledge or the the wherewithal to be able to.
1: I don't know. Yeah, how do they so figure weird. that shit out? Yeah, it's like how do they know yeah. that that wasn't just some dude that made that or whatever? right? Yeah, if I like, if I went to a thrift store and then I found like a shitty sculpture that was selling for thirty nine cents, I'm, am I going to look at it and be like, huh? I wonder if David Crosby made this? Yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> you never know. He might. Yeah. I mean, seriously, could have some coke residue on <laughs> there. You just pop open the little thing at the bottom, and it just flows out of there. You know. <laughs> Oh, uh,
0: All right. Check it out. Radiohead auctioning off a vinyl test pressing of Kid A. It's a rare vinyl test pressing of their fourth studio album, Kid A. Mm. And here's the cool thing, though. Check this uh, charity out. It's called Gig Buddies. And it's a charity that pairs people with learning disabilities and or autistic people okay. with a music fan of similar interests with whom they can attend shows. So they go to shows with some of these autistic kids that can't, you know, don't have the wherewithal to go to a show by themselves and... You go to a show with them, and it's called Gig Buddies. So I thought that was a really cool charity. That is super cool. Uh, so Radiohead
1: uh, raising some awareness and money for them. Very cool. So just recently, I actually uh, used Amazon Music to... I mean, I've been listening to the album Kid A since it was released. Oh, yeah. And I love that. I still, to this day, I love that album. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, audience. This is this is funny. So this whole time, for the past like 20-something years, I have been singing Idiotech the way that I hear it in, so, in nonsensical words, you know, like, who's in the, who's in the, and then I, fa- I just found out like the lyrics of that song and I'm like, oh, after like 20 years later after oh, singing it in my car and yeah, like in the shower, you know, isn't that funny? Yeah, and it, and uh, that's why I said earlier like who's in the bunker because I, this whole time, I didn't know he was saying who's in the bunker. Oh, right. I was just like, <laughs> who's in the, bunker? <laughs> women and children first. And I, I so like funny. I was doing, that whole thing. This the mind time. hears what it wants to hear. Yeah, exactly. I was just <laughs> mumbling. But then again, he just kind of does mumble, right? That's good stuff. That's yeah. true. That's to be fair. Uh, yeah. Go
0: look up the lyrics. Uh, all right. That's cool, though. Good good on you, Radiohead. Raising yeah. money for I that, like charity. that Yeah, nice to see you <laughs> Tom York. Um, all right, Angels and Airwaves, uh, Tom DeLonge, their first album in seven years coming out. It's Aliens. called, uh, <laughs> no, the the oh well, oh the album's called Life Forms, and a previously released single Euphoria, as well as a new song just released called Restless Souls. Hmm. Uh, Angel ne- Angels and Airwaves teamed up with Sent Into Space to share the news by launching a renewable hydrogen capsule hmm. into space okay. that played the entire album out loud displayed the lp information and gave all the info on their upcoming tour yeah so the aliens knew it first
1: yeah so that i was love tom, that tom
0: DeLonge is like all right aliens here's the tour dates here's the music
1: yeah kind of cool i feel like i feel like he ruined our chances though at making connection with intelligent life because they're because because i mean i know tom delange i know you're a fan of the show but um and you're probably huge fan. Thing, so don't take this personal because this is a joke but um they probably heard your music and they were like we're not fucking going there. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is how far they've come. Can you imagine uh. being an alien
0: and meeting Tom DeLonge as your first uh, US oh, yeah. guy. It's like, "Hey, what's up?" Yeah, yeah. He's got like a lip ring and a <laughs> bunch of tattoos. <laughs> yeah. The, the the emo hair like plastered <laughs> over to the side. A yeah. shirt that doesn't quite fit. <laughs> Cutting into his armpits
1: a little too much. Yeah, and the, the aliens were like, "We we we've come to deliver Earth this one message." Um, stop writing on the same album. <laughs> stop, stop playing your old shit. Uh, that's good stuff. Stop touring twenty years later with That'd the same with the same material.
0: That'd be funny. Uh, their tour. Speaking of their tour, kicks off uh, September 29th in Riverside, California. All right. European tour following in March. So there you go. Check it out.
1: Yeah, aliens. <laughs>
0: Black Sabbath Sabotage Super Deluxe Edition is out now. Nice. Uh, if you guys are a fan of that album or the band, this seems to be a very definitive set. It's a four LP set that includes the same music on 180 gram vinyl. Plus, you get a seven bon a bonus seven inch that has the single edit for "Am I Going Insane" and "Hole in the Sky" on the flip side, with artwork replicating the very rare Japanese release of the single. Okay. So kind of cool. Um, yeah. Uh, very cool edition of it, and also. Uh, Rhino has partnered with Bewilderbox to create an interactive online environment called the Sabotage Escape Room. It's a mini online escape room game, and the mission is to recover a copy of Sabotage Super Deluxe Edition by traveling back in time to 1970s Ooh. and working through 15 minutes of Sabbath uh, themed puzzles. Okay. To play the free game, you can go to blacksabbathband.inc.2 slash escape room PR. Or you oh, can nice. just search for black sabbath
1: escape room i'm sure it'll come up but all, all it is is ozzy talking in his hazy kind of <laughs> like it is, it, it's, it's just it. an ms dos <laughs> screen with a picture of ozzy <laughs>
0: and he just talks rambling incoherently for yeah. 15 minutes you got to figure out you, you have to find out. a way out of there yeah you're gonna kill yourself you're like oh my god would win with this shut the fuck up <laughs> All right, check this out. Look at this press photo of the Foo Fighters dressed in all their 70s satin glory. Ooh. The Foo Fighters have transformed into the DGs. Nice. They have unveiled their new musical direction, transforming from stadium rock heroes to a B.G.s tribute band for their next album. They are called the DGs, and uh, it's a nod, a nod to frontman Dave Grohl's initials as well as a pretty clever way of saying the Bee Gees. And their album is called Hail Satin. And it will be the Foo Fighters taking on five of the Bee Gees' tracks. Okay. 1970s disco classics Night Fever, Tragedy, You Should Be Dancing, and More Than a Woman. Oh, and it's yeah. going to be released on vinyl for U.S. Record Store Day on the 17th of July. Oh wow! What 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 else is
1: Dave Grohl doing? What? <laughs> I I
0: was joking about that on the air. I'm like we're like Dave Grohl's doing something every week, and now he's in a B.G.'s cover
1: band. Yeah, releasing that for Record Store Day. You know, thank God he's not doing that shit that Garth Brooks did in the late 90s, where he where he was like he had his his Garth Brooks his country self, and then his emo self with oh, a different his name, emo alter ego. Yeah, his emo <laughs> alter ego is pretty funny. Uh,
0: in addition to the bg stuff side two of the album will feature five live versions of songs from their last album medicine at midnight so cool. uh kind of a clever thing and it also it's got some fancy packaging on it rainbow packaging and stuff so check that out uh, uh on record store day july 17th yes all right some rock birthdays this week uh Whoa. wow lots of them Whoa. steve walsh lead singer of kansas is 70 greg roley uh, Raleigh, whatever, uh, keyboardist in Santana and Journey, 74. Ann Wilson, lead singer from Heart, 71. Simon Wright, the drummer from Dio and ACDC, uh, 58. Okay. <laughs> Look at th- this guy's name. Naughty Holder. Oh, Naughty Holder. Oh, Naughty Holder. Oh, old s- <laughs> Naughty Holder of Slade. <laughs> yeah, he's from the, from the group Slade, 75 this year. Brad Gillis, the guitarist from Night Ranger, played with Ozzy following the death of Randy Rhodes. He's 64. Uh, Scott Rockenfield, Feld the drummer from Queensryche, 58, mm. and Michael Anthony, bass player from Van Halen and Chickenfoot, 67. Okay, cool. Happy birthday, guys. Uh, this week in music history trivia, guys, this one's uh, an interesting one. On this week in 2004, Charles, an audience member hurls a lollipop on stage while this artist is performing in Oslo, Norway. Oslo, Oslo, Oslo. The lollipop wedges itself in his left eye, huh. which already has an enlarged and frozen pupil following a childhood fight. He halts the concert to remove the lollipop. Luckily, he escapes serious inj- injury. What artist was it that got the lollipop in the eye? Oh, okay. W- was it A, Weir- Weird Al Yankovic? Was it B, David Bowie? Or C, a coke-fueled
1: David Crosby? Oh,
0: God. Yeah, God. Could have been any it of these guys. It has to be
1: in there. Dead. Oh, Two thousand four, Audience rolls a lollipop on stage. Okay, so... And it sticks in I, their eye. Sticks in their That's eye. fucked up. Yeah, oh yeah, but God. he escapes. Oh, so it doesn't say that he stops the concert. It just says that he halts the concert. Halts it, and, and yeah. then they got it out of his
0: eye, walked off stage, and then he finishes the show.
1: Yeah, 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 and escape serious injury. So I know that we have some choices here. I'm going to go ahead and say a David Crosby, and this is why. This is why I'm going to say a David Crosby, okay. because A... Everybody knows that when you're, you know, when you're seriously high and hopped up on cocaine and amphetamines, everybody knows that you are impervious to lollipop eye injuries. That's right. Yeah, it's just a I've common heard, it just, fact. It just slides right, right off of it. It just slides right Your off. Your eyes are so glossed over yeah. from from
0: the hard drugs you've been taking all afternoon. Yeah. And the lollipop just like hit it and just like ding.
1: Yes. Just exactly, like an audible tink on yep. the microphone. An audible tink on the microphone. You can actually hear it in the live version of this of this <laughs> concert. You can That's hear right. that tink when it actually hits it. And then and then the next reason why I believe. Funny it's enough, tink. that tink yeah. was in synchronicity with the beat of the music too. <laughs> it, was, it was right right where it should have been. <laughs> tink. <laughs> and then next. I know that you know which already had been enlarged and fro and a and frozen pupil following childhood fight. Don't I know we all that- have enlarged and frozen pupils. Well, yeah, I, I, I mean, know this story. From, who doesn't? Yeah, from David Crosby used to get in childhood fights all the time, and it was because he had the full blown Wilford Brimley mustache when he was a child, and people and kids would make fun of him for right. it. But in you know even at the time he was going into coke rages, and he would just who beat knew the shit out of everyone wow. that made fun of his That's- giant. That's crazy! And his giant uh, mustache. It's actually David Bowie. Yeah. Oh, it's David Bowie. Yep. Oh, that's that doesn't that doesn't mesh at all. I know, but it, that's what they say. Well, maybe maybe the the messed up eye was the reason why he created such a shitty painting. <laughs> 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 ah, I love uh, David Bowie. By the way, audience. No, but David Bowie fans. does
0: have the two different eye uh, colors, um, uh, whatever that's called. Due to uh, forget what the thing is, we have two different eye. No, oh, yeah. Colors, mm-hmm. and I guess. The, one of his pupils is enlarged and frozen. I guess he had a childhood fight, uh, David Bowie did, and that's wow. why his eye kind of looks that way. Okay, all but right. But didn't get it injured with a lollipop, so that's good. All right, we got another uh, trivia question here for you, Charles. This week in music history in 1980, this week this band begins a three-week European tour. It's their first on the continent since 1973, and it turns out to be their last tour... Before the band breaks up mm. in 1980, this week was it a Black Sabbath, b Led Zeppelin, or c Pink Floyd?
1: Oh, that's oh, that's hard. That's a hard 1980. It's a tricky one, huh? They all kind yeah. of broke up
0: around this time. All of these bands.
1: Um, so I'm going to. I mean, it's difficult. Okay, so it's it's three week European tour. It's it their is. first on the continent since 1973. So which I think is kind of crazy for
0: there. any of these because they're all from. Europe. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they're all UK bands here. Black Sabbath, Zeppelin, Pink Floyd. And apparently, they hadn't toured their own home continent for seven years. Wow.
1: And then they toured, finally,
0: for a three-week tour, and then they broke up.
1: So, there's no way for me to filter in a Cokeville David Crosby here. So He could have been the
0: roadie on this he, tour, Yeah. actually. Oh, yeah, and I yeah. think that's why
1: the band broke up. It's, it's because, because David Crosby got on stage at the
0: final show of this band show and just started singing... Uh, I think it was an unrecorded version of Love Shack that no one Ooh. had ever heard before. Oh, no one God. knew who the B 52s were. He had just came up with this song and oh. got booed off the stage. Band
1: broke up. They're like, who the fuck was that oh, roadie? man. And so, yeah, he was actually
0: part of the responsibility
1: there. Oh, and he, oh, he re- just the fact that he was responsible for the creation of that song Love Shack yeah. makes me want to punch him in exactly. the Wilford for Exactly. And then, yeah, have. and then the B 52s, uh,
0: they're like, did you see that horrible performance that. Yeah. Coke David Crosby did of, of that song. Let's yeah. make an album around that. The lead singer was like, we love that. Yeah, we love, we, that love, that. we that. love that song.
1: We love that song. Okay, so I'm going to go with Black Sabbath. And the only reason why, so this is weird. So the only reason why is because I think that Black Sabbath at the time uh, was doing heavy tours in the States. Because I see a lot of photos of... of of uh, uh of ozzy and other people with like, you're American definitely bands. right
0: the band was doing a lot of heavy touring in the states it was however whoa led zeppelin
1: wow i had i wouldn't have think i wouldn't have thought it was led zeppelin
0: yep uh the band began their three-week european tour it's their first song on the continent since 1973 and it turns out to be their last tour obviously john bonham passed away and basically ended the tour, and mm. the rest is history. They never reformed until 2007 when they did the um, the concert for Amit Ertgun in the uh, London thing for charity or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, the, all these bands broke up around that time, though, yeah, which is yeah. kind of crazy. It was, a, it was a tough year for a lot of bands. That's nuts. All right, so let's move on. we got a couple more stories left for you guys. Movie TV Entertainment News. Zellennials are obsessed with decade daydreaming. Have you heard this term yet? Decade, no. Decade daydreaming. So an expert explains what this all is. If you look at TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, you'll find that Zillennials, who are people born between no. 1993
1: and 98, oh, Jesus, uh, that's what they're it's calling pointing them. a term for every like. I know. You're born between 1996 <laughs> and 1996 and a half, and.
0: <laughs> You're not a zillennial, yeah. you're a millennial Oh,
1: my God. Because
0: you were born when cows were at their peak yeah. in society. No, so I don't know. They come up with these things, so check it out. These kids apparently are pining for <laughs> eras gone by, uh, some eras that they weren't even alive for, so what's the deal with this type of escapism? Psychologist Dr. Christine Bacho says this is on par for the course for anyone transitioning from adolescent to young adult. She says, research has shown that this age group is especially likely to feel nostalgic. For teens and young adults, there's considerable conflict in abandoning childhood. Mm. She says, this is a time of identity exploration, and there's a tension between wanting to be like everyone else to be accepted and wanting to be different to be a unique, independent person. So this is where the interest in past decades comes in, and the internet now gives them more significantly access to browse and cherry-pick the trends and cultural moments they connect with the most. Histori- uh, they say historical nostalgia is longing for the way things were in a prior time in history, even predating one's birth. This type of nostalgia associated with a degree of dissatisfaction with current circumstances. Hmm. Also, zillennials are exploring new territory in a way as their entire lives have been in digital, which creates a stress from social and interpersonal changes, oftentimes in the so-called public eye of social media.
1: Wow. I, oh, hey, you know, you can see there at the bottom in, um, in small print, It's there's a notation. It says, um, Dr. Feinstein PhD says, yeah, uh, dot, 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 Zillennials, just another name for some assholes that came up with something, uh, you know, a name for themselves. It's, yeah. it's written exactly like that. how I said it with everything, with the ums and everything in between. I
0: think that's like for every generation uh, that you have – when I was a teenager, I started delving into my dad's record collection, you know, yeah. and wanting to play vinyl records and going back, kind of getting the nostalgia for his stuff. Like going into, I remember going into his closet of old clothes and finding old like shirts or jackets and stuff. Yeah. And I felt like that was kind of neat, you know. I started liking like ACDC, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd. And I, I, I had that kind of a thing too, you know, when I was growing up in the 90s, but we didn't have the internet the way we did the way we do now. Yeah. Where you can't really, like, delve into a lot of trends or stuff the way that a lot uh, of kids probably do now. They're able to, like she says, kind of cherry-pick the trends and cultural moments they connect with. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, with us in the 90s, it was different. We had to, like, kind of just... Whatever our parents had... Yeah. ...or our friends had, it wasn't really, like, looking online for, like, hey, you remember uh, wearing bell-bottom pants in the 70s? Oh, yeah. And, like, it was just kind of like it became... I don't know. It's more of like just the general kind of mainstream culture instead
1: of like um, finding it out
0: for yourself in a in a digital way. That yeah, it seems yeah. like the kids are doing these days. Which
1: I feel I feel very proud to be part of the generation that I'm a part of because we're right now we're the generation that 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 literally doesn't give a shit about titles. Yeah, like we're the generation that just like you know everybody's trying to give our generation like a title because it's before millennials. Right, but um. But uh, well, I don't know. Speaking for me, it's before. I it's think it's called. I think
0: we're called Zenials with an X because we're supposedly between Generation X and yeah. Millennial. Yeah. So they call it Zenial, which is like totally yeah. fucking dumb. Like I what know. we're saying, they're just making this shit up. We're but we're all like we, we don't identify with it. We're just like, whatever. <laughs> no, it's totally we're,
1: stupid. Yeah. Whatever.
0: But I like it. I like I like our generation too, and the fact that we got brought up with, you know minimal technology we had video games we had technology we had all that stuff but we didn't have the internet like totally ruling ruling our lives uh, in our teenage years yeah, yeah. you know it, it didn't really get like that um, you know we had chat rooms and AOL and email and shit and i remember ordering stuff online from a band for the first time like my t-shirts
1: and yeah. that was kind of cool
0: but it was never like the way it is now with social media and everything else it's totally different
1: oh yeah well back back in our day we didn't have all that comedy and entertainment we just sat in the mud watched the town freak play <laughs> with himself right the good old days the good old days all right i stole that? that from a comedian just real quick on
0: this what do you think about a 51 star us flag now that um, washington dc as admitted into the union as a state um they passed a bill in april uh that made washington dc a state with a record number of co-sponsors and president biden's endorsement oh yeah but it's still considered a long shot because of an evenly divided senate where it would need 60 votes to overcome a republican filibuster so i don't know do you i mean
1: no, it doesn't. It doesn't matter because at one point we were, uh, uh, you know, a thirteen-star flag, and then we were a twenty-six-star flag, and then right. a thirty-eight-star flag. And really, the purpose is for us to continue to grow and be united. So I think fifty-one is just the same as fifty. Yeah, you know, exactly. I think yeah, and they said. Says-
0: they says in the making of a new design we could do it in about an hour and it's the manufacturing the new flags that takes time but I say all for it let's be inclusive let's be up to date yeah why not you
1: know? why not yeah why let's not? continue to grow it's, yep. maybe maybe in a hundred years it'll be a hundred star flag I mean it's just the way very the way true it, yeah we good point continue to grow and expand
0: check this out <laughs> there's a petition out there urging Jeff Bezos to buy and eat the Mona Lisa yes so you all need to go yes. out there and sign it
1: yes <laughs>
0: yes! <laughs> it's gained hundreds of new signatures as of Thursday of last week. If you go to change.org, uh, the petition, the joke petition says, quote, nobody has eaten the Mona Lisa, and we feel Jeff Bezos needs to take a stand and make this happen. Yeah. Quote. He probably would in space. Problem is, <laughs> right? <laughs> Mona Lisa is owned by the French government. It's on permanent display at the Louvre, Louvre, Louvre? Museum oh, in the Paris.
1: Louvre. Louvre. The Louvre. Uh, A lot of people say the Louvre, but it's there. You go.
0: Okay. Bezos is one of the richest men in the world. Seems to have no immediate plans to ingest the art, but I say do
1: it, Jeff. I know he's a big fan of the show. Oh yeah. Uh, why not? Yeah. The question is why not, Jeff? You know what, Jeff? It's kind of pissed me off a little bit because you are such a huge fan of the show, but you don't sponsor us. I know. What the hell is that? You're treating us like your employees. I know. Sorry, for anybody who works at Amazon, that was a joke. Okay, don't 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 stop listening to us because I made that joke.
0: Check this out. This is kind of cool. Department of Education announced that it had approved the cancellation of $500 million in federal student loan debt for some 18,000 people who had gone
1: to ITT Technical Institute. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they failed.
0: Yeah, because they, they, yeah.
1: t- they were like a fraud school.
0: It yeah, was like yeah. a for-profit school. They misled students about their job prospects. So... Uh, they gave them $500 million and a huge settlement. So I say good. You know, ITT Tech, you remember those fucking oh, commercials, yeah. man? Oh, yeah. Like, I swear to God, in the 2000s, late 90s, ITT Technical Institute uh, in our area here in California, they were fucking
1: hammering those, oh, yeah. Those commercials. Anybody any anybody who tells you you can get a BA in seven months is lying to you. <laughs> and, and so many d- people bought it. <laughs> oh, and yeah. When they went to it and then yeah. they
0: graduated, they're like, what What am I going to do with this worthless degree? Yeah, yeah. And you couldn't even transfer over the credits. It was just like, yeah. it was a scam.
1: It took me six years to get my BA, and it was hard work, and I loved every second of it, and it was totally worth it. Right. I know people who have gone to technical schools, though, and they're their chances of being taken seriously with a degree that took them seven months to to achieve is, you know, they're, you're not going to, you're, that's not, you might as well just leave that off a resume. No offense to anybody who has a degree <laughs> okay. from ITT. I, we love you. Yeah. Well, it depends. It depends on your skill. I mean, yeah.
0: there, there's certain skills out there that you can do and you can parlay into something, you know, and be, uh, you know, an entrepreneur and be creative. But yeah. yeah, for the most part, what ITT tech was selling was, You can do this at a UC. You can do this at a job for sure. You're going to guarantee to get a job and all this shit. And it was a total fucking lie. And so it's good that they're
1: actually making good on that and giving people their money back. Well, here's, here's the deal, too, is I actually know somebody who like one day I was like, oh, yeah, you, oh, going back to college. Yeah, I'm in school right now. Oh, okay, cool. And then like a the year later, they're like, yeah, I got my BA. And I was like, well, that was fast. And a year later, they're like, yeah, I got my master's. And I was like, <laughs> oh, what? well, that's interesting. How much did that cost you? And they're like, you don't even want to know. Yeah. It was like the, they went to a technical school. They got it for $100,000. Now, you can tell the difference between somebody who's been through the education system and got heavy in it and somebody who just went through a technical school really, sure. really fast. Uh, and it, it basically, you know, no offense to, again, to you guys who go to trade schools, cause that's an entirely different story. If you, if you go s- specifically for, to an institution like that for a trade, right. but if you're like, yeah, I got my master's in psychology from, you know, from the university of, of technical, you know, jibber jabber. And, and you went you, to Hollywood upstairs, medical school too. Yeah. Yeah. And Remember then you're on like, the, oh, <laughs> the fucking
0: Dr. Nick yeah. on the Simpsons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, you exactly. went to Upstairs Hollywood Medical School too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like exactly. he with some sham doctor or whatever. And It's like that's yeah. the name of the school, Upstairs Hollywood Medical School. You're like,
1: what? I went to Sham Wow <laughs> University. <Yeah>, sham Wow University. <laughs> no. And then you're like, you you talk it's to that true, person though. who has a master's from a technical institute in psychology, and you're like, okay, well, are you familiar with the with the uh, you know the what is that the DCM or or something like that the. um The clinical, the book of clinical psychology. Oh yeah, and they're like, "What is that?" (laughs) You're like, "Okay, you, okay, let me see your master's degree. Let me me burn that napkin." (laughs) Yeah, exactly. One, I owe you one (laughs) master's degree.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's brilliant. Uh, I think we would get people to pay for that. Yeah, that'd be good. All right, last story of the week here. Um, this is pretty cool for us locally here. Mackenzie Scott, Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, has donated $2.7 billion and specifically $20 million to UC Merced. Awesome. So very cool. She gave away big chunks of her fortune announcing yesterday that she's given $2.7 billion to 286 organizations. Wow. That's uh, As high as that amount is, it's actually the third round of major gifts that she's made after two batches last year for a total of $6 billion total. She wrote in Medium, the magazine, that her, her, she and her husband, Dan Jewett, worked with researchers and advisors to give away a fortune that was enabled by systems in need of change, Oof. making clear that she's troubled by the increasing concentration of huge fortunes among, among a very small percentage of the population. Oh. So that's really good that she's doing this and bringing this to light. Many of the recipients of her philanthropy are organizations led by minorities, women, or others from vulnerable populations. So cool. Forbes has estimated that her wealth is at some 60 billion and it's grown since she received a 4% stake in the divorce in Amazon. So she's getting more and more money, but it seems like she's doing some really good stuff with it. So, you know, I bet she's
1: one of the good ones. I bet right now Jeff Bezos is is in a basement somewhere mumbling to himself like the stapler guy from the office. He's listening He's to like, all by
0: myself, crying, sitting there crying in his million dollar fucking house like this. Oh, how dare her be a good person and one up me?
1: Oh, if I just had one little shred of decency, the way she does. Oh. He's going to one up her by eating the Mona Lisa in
0: there you space. Go. That's and, his plan. All right. Yeah. That's it for us, guys, this week. Give us a like and a follow on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Rock News Weekly. Like and uh, rate the podcast, too. However, you're listening, give us a, a rating, whatever you think is appropriate. We do appreciate it. RockNewsWeekly.com. Uh, let your friends know and check it out. If they enjoy some rock news and some dark humor every week, we appreciate it, guys, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Peace. Peace!